Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, yielding our life to you, praying that the fire of the Holy Spirit would fall down upon us this morning, individually and corporately, to do your work in our hearts and our lives. Father, that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that, that we may have a better understanding of who you are, who you are in us, who we are in you, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts so that we can continually receive instruction and direction and, and hear your heart, God. Father, most importantly, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning, that we would walk away changed because we've had an encounter with you and we've yielded our life to you and we've allowed you to fill us up, to pour into us, into us this morning. So, Father, we pray all these things with great expectation and we pray in the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. You may be seated. Thank you so much for joining in and worship this morning. At, at this point, I'd like to release the warrior youth, all the student ministry, to go back. How's everybody doing today? You seem kind of quiet, kind of pensive. Worshipful mode, uh, maybe. I am. I, I never want us to rush out of the, the Lord's presence. I think that worship is just another thing we have to do. This is something that we should really just engage in and just allow the Lord to work in our life. I mean, that's why we're here, and that's why we give thanks to God. And speaking of, let me get into my sermon, because that's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit this morning. So let's recite our mission statement here at Life Fellowship, if you know what it is. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Tricked you, it's not on the screen. <laughs> but that's one of our motives, life, life-giving, life life-changing, life-relationships, one of our motives. Uh, and one of the things that we talk about here at Life Fellowship, and we're serious about allowing God to work in our lives, to give us life. He came, Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. And then also as we respond to him, he changes our life. He continues to work in our life. And uh, I love that song that we just sang, Fire Fall Down. We know that Jesus is alive and he came to fix our broken lives. So I love that. And it's all about relationships with him and one another. And through that, we can live the abundant life that Christ came to give. Last week, I made the connection between giving thanks and trusting God. And it seems like whenever I teach on something, I get the lab of it too. And so I've been having to really trust God on some things. And we say that a lot of times. We say, well, I know that, that God is in control and, and I know that he owns everything and all that kind of stuff. And we have it here, but do we really have it here? And so when we can really get that in our heart, when we can stay there, and, and if you find a way to stay there, 100% of the time, let me know, because that's still something that I think that we all struggle with, is we know it in our head, but do we really have that in our heart? When we go through challenges and, and when, when we really need the Lord to come through, are we at peace and are we just trusting in Him? So last week, I, I made the connection between giving thanks and trusting God. This morning, I want to teach on recalibration are recalibrating as to why we give thanks. In addition to the many things that I've already talked about over the last four weeks, I've talked about a lot of reasons 
why we would give thanks, but I want to talk about some more things this morning. If you want to go to Psalm 717 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, those will be some of the texts that we'll be going to this morning. My first point this morning is choose to give God thanks. Choose. You know what? It's a choice that we make. KSBJ, the radio station, is doing some kind of thing right now. Choose joy. And they're saying, when you don't have joy, to choose joy. I shared this scripture with you. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all for the Lord is near. Paul is saying, rejoice. Be joyful. What I've been trying to do through this series is get us to connect giving thanks and joy to that connection with the Lord because when we truly begin to trust him the things that would steal our joy we can focus on those things or we can focus on the Lord and choose joy so let's choose to give God thanks Psalm 717 says I will thank the Lord because he is just okay that's a decision that the writer of Psalm is saying I will thank the Lord and so we all have that choice. We can choose to thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. I will sing. And so when we come together and when we worship God, we're choosing to enter into worship. We're choosing to give God thanks. We're choosing to sing. Nobody's making you do that. Nobody's making any of us do that. It's a choice that we make. And the writer here of Psalms says, I will thank the Lord. He's making a a determination. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. We've all dealt with people that have taken advantage of us or treated us unfairly. One thing that we can be sure of is that our heavenly father is just. He's not like we are. Have you ever treated somebody unjustly or unfairly? Don't answer. I know you have. (laughs) I know we all have. But our heavenly father is just. And he looks at the motivations of our heart. Have you ever been misunderstood? Husbands and wives, look at me. Don't look at your spouse. No, but we've all been misunderstood, right? Where really it's in our heart to do something and it comes across differently. And we're judged for that maybe because somebody doesn't know us. Somebody doesn't know our heart. And I'm sure that's happened to all of us where we have a relationship and somebody makes an accusation against us, or they say something that that lets us know that, hey, wait a minute, you really don't know me. You don't know my heart. If you really knew me, you would know that that was not my intention to do that. And so the Lord is looking at our heart because we all make mistakes. Have you ever said something and it comes out of your mouth and you're like, wow, I, I didn't really intend that to come across like that? And you're thinking, Should I go back and say something, or is that going to make it worse, or should I just move on? You know, and so sometimes we we can be misunderstood. But let us not misunderstand this, that the Lord loves us, and he is just. He looks at the motivations of our heart. He desires to bless us, to give us the fullness of life. That's his greatest desire, that we would walk in the fullness of life. Psalm 717 again. I will thank the Lord. Let me emphasize some things here. I will choose to thank the Lord because he is just. I will choose to sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And that's one reason at Life Fellowship we're a worship-driven church is because we have so many things to be thankful for, even if you don't know what those are, even if you're in a place right now today where you're in a bad mood or whatever. Listen, we have a lot to be thankful for. And so as we turn our focus to him, as we choose to give him thanks, 
and we choose to give him praise, it often takes our mind off of ourself and our, our own situations and onto him who's greater than our challenges and our circumstances. That's why I love Philippians 4, 4 through 8 so much, that, that passage of scripture, because it just recalibrates us to giving thanks, presenting our petitions to him. And it goes on to say, and then when we've done these things, we will experience the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then Paul goes on to tell us what to think on the things that are true, lovely, just, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise, instead of thinking about all that other stuff. So it recalibrates us as we make the determination to pray and seek the Lord. We can complain about things or we can take it to the Lord and Sometimes complain to him, right? But we can take those things to the Lord and say, God, I'm giving you this, and I need some help. I need the peace of God that passes all understanding because I don't know how you're going to work this out. I don't know how you can work it out because logically, reasonably, it, I, I don't understand how you can do it, but I know that you can. And he's a master at not only fixing our broken lives, but fixing broken circumstances and situations. As we come to him and we give him thanks, it gets our minds off of us and onto him. It gets our minds off of our challenges and circumstances and onto him who can do all things. And consequently, his word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So there's a connection there as we stay connected to him. We can do much more with him than we can on our own. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here in 2 Corinthians, Paul has been encouraging the early church in regards to giving and supporting believers in Jerusalem. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 through 15, verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Okay, so there's a lot that's being said here in this one scripture. But what I want to focus on right now is that he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's his heart, is that we would be a generous giving people because God is a, a gracious, generous giving God. And as we give, then we are reflecting the heart and the character of God. And you may be thinking that I'm talking about money, but I'm not necessarily talking about money. I'm talking about just having a life of generosity, giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure as well. We teach that the first part of, of our increase, 10% at least, belongs to God. And this is not a tithing message, but what I'm talking about is God wants to produce a great harvest of generosity in us, that we would be generous people. So my first point this morning is choose to give God thanks. My second point is God provides in every area of our life. He provides seed for us to plant. What happens when you plant a seed? You get an increase on that, right? Imagine that you had a 50-pound bag of seeds, whatever that may be, say grain or, or whatever, and you planted half of that, 25 pounds of that, and then you ate 25 pounds of that. You made bread or whatever. Well, what would your increase be? Your increase would be on the seed that you planted, the, the 25 pounds, right? Well, what if you planted the whole 50 pounds? You would get more produce out of that, right? When we plant a seed or, or when as God gives us seed, 
as we just read, his desire is that we would be a generous people. And so he's giving us the opportunity He's giving us seed to plant. What are we doing with those seeds? Are we planting those seeds in our community? Are we reaching out to people? Or are we consuming those seeds ourselves on ourselves? I've heard this said before. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple. Only God can count the number of apples in a seed. And so you think about that concept. You plant an apple seed, and you, you have a tree eventually that produces. How many apples does an apple tree produce? Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on, on uh, how well the tree does, if it stays connected to the source of life, what its root system is like, the lifespan of that tree. See, there's a correlation there between the fruitfulness in our life, too, and how deep our roots are in the Lord. Are we being nourished by the Word of God and the things of God? Are we allowing God access into our life? Let's look at verse 10 again. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God gives us the ability to plant seeds and earn an income. He increases our resources. What are resources? Well, it could be money. It could be additional workers or helpers. It could be creative ideas in our business. It could be expanded business opportunities. On a spiritual level, we can show love. We can share the word of God. We can plant seeds of encouragement. And so this is a principle that we see in the physical, but also we can see it in the spiritual realm as well. God begins to pour into us. His word says that if we are faithful in the small things, he'll give us more. Why would God give us more to do? if we won't do what he's already given us the opportunity to do. God has given all of us opportunities. He's given seed to all of us. What are we doing with the seed that he's giving us? Are we planting it? Are we looking for good soil to plant that seed in? Or are we consuming it on ourselves? As we are abundantly blessed, we have the opportunity to be a blessing to others. The last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about what I was saying earlier, that we know that God owns it all. We know that in our head, but do we know that in our heart? And do we understand that really God owns it all and we are just the stewards, even our children? We don't own them. God does. They're his children. And so he's given us stewardship to train them and help them grow to be godly men and women. Uh, We talk a lot about this, but I'm so excited. But we're doing that in children's ministry, Kingdom Kids. That's what it's all about, training and equipping our children so that they grow up to be strong, vibrant, healthy, godly men and women. As we're blessed, we have the opportunity to bless others. Our blessings are not just for us. So what's our heart? Is our heart to be generous and giving like our Heavenly Father? I hope it is. Our gracious, loving Father plants His generosity in us to allow us to reflect His heart. The good things that we do are often inspired by him, by the Holy Spirit prompting us. Think about when you have done something. And, you know, I remember a few years ago that I just, I cashed my paycheck and I took some of it and I just would randomly give that money to people. I would just pray and I'd say, God, who do you want me to give this to? 
And I would just stop on the street. Or I remember I was kind of in this rough, I was driving through this rough area of Corpus Christi, and, and I felt like the Lord said, stop here and, and go knock on the door and give whoever answers the door some money. So I just went up, and I knocked on the door, and I said, hi, uh, I just want to give you this. I feel like the Lord is, is directing me to give you this. And they're like, they, they couldn't really comprehend. And you know what? I was so joyful. I was so full of joy. And I just love that feeling of giving. And I know, I know that you've experienced that when you give. Why is it that we feel so good and we feel so joyful? Because we are created in God's image. And he is a gracious, giving God. He loves to give to his children. And when we do that, it makes us feel joyful because that's in our DNA. That's in our heart. That's how we are created. We're created in the image of God. And he's a gracious, giving God. And so when we give, it makes us feel good. The good things that we do are often inspired by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit prompting us. Because there have been times when I've been prompted to do something. Listen, guys, it's not because I'm such a wonderful person. It's because the Holy Spirit is leading me. Okay? Now, I can choose to respond I shared with you a few weeks ago about how probably a month or so ago, I was under tremendous spiritual attack like I'd never experienced ever. And a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine called me up and he said, man, you've just really been on my heart. And I felt like the Lord was prompting me to call you. And I said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And he, said, he was like, well, I'm sure glad I obeyed. I said, me too. But you know what? God placed it on his heart to call me at a critical time when I really needed that encouragement. And so the things that we do are prompted by the Lord. Me giving that money way back then, that wasn't something that I don't think I naturally thought of. I think that was the prompting of the Holy Spirit to lead me to do that. And so the things that we do, the good things that we do, are a result of God working in our life. Let's look at verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always, say always, always, always be generous. Generosity should not just be like one of those sprinklers. You know, you know what I'm saying? It should, be, it should be a fire hydrant, you know, blessing people. We should live a life of generosity. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in, who need them, they will thank God. So remember, the, the background on this is Paul's talking about them giving to the believers in Jerusalem. Let's look at this word enriched. It means to improve the quality or value, to have something added to what is already there. So when, you come, when we come and enter into worship, there's worship happening, but you are enriching the worship experience because you're adding to it. When you give of your tithes and offerings, you're adding to what's already there so that we can make a bigger impact in our community, so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. You're enriching what's already there. When you teach in children's ministry or when you're greeting out in the parking lot, when you're loving on people, you're enriching what's already, is, is already there. See, you are a part of that process because we're working together. And we're enriching, we're being enriched, we're being fulfilled and, and filled with the things of God, but also, ah, I love this, we're giving, we're enriching, we're encouraging, 
We're loving on people. We're helping others in whatever capacity or form that looks like. It says here, yes, you will be enriched in every way. In every way, God wants to enrich, expand our lives to add to what's already there. Listen, I know there's something there because I see you're all alive and I see many of you filled with the power and the anointing of God in your life. And God is saying, I want to give you more. I want to enrich you more. And there's a concept in the Bible that I do not understand. It says that as you give more, you will receive more. And the world says, no, hang on to it. So it's all yours. And God says, no, give, and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. See, it's a principle of God because he loves to give, and he loves for us to give. Why? So he can give us more. Are you getting this? Give, give. Have a life of generosity. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always, always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. We are enriched in every way, in every area of our life. Listen, guys, please understand me. This is talking a lot more than just about money. Enriching our lives. Enriched in health. Enriched in our relationship with the Lord. Are you growing in your relationship with the Lord? Are you being enriched? Enriched in having food and shelter. Expanded blessings. And, you know, whatever that looks like for you. I don't know. In every area of your life, God wants to enrich us. Let's look at verse 11. Again, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. As the Lord blesses us, we choose to be a blessing to others. As they express their appreciation to us for giving to them, we can then point them to the Lord. We can say, listen, you're welcome for for this generous gift, but thank God. It all comes from him, and God was prompting me to do this. Turn it all to the Lord. Give it to him, and we are able to bless them because God has blessed us. You know what? We We can say that. We can say, listen, I'm blessed, and and I want to bless you, but it all comes from God. God wants to provide all that you need as well. So at least two things come from this. Okay, let's look at verse 12. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. And really, there's more than that. But these are just two. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. It's interesting that Paul is focusing on two things. He's saying the needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met. So it's important to God that our needs are met. It was important here that the needs of the believers in Jerusalem were met. Okay, the other thing is, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Practical needs are met, and then maybe they are able to see how God can provide for them. 
I know some, some missionaries in Guatemala, and their approach to reaching the Indians in that country, in that area, were to go and train them and teach them how to provide for themselves, teach them how to plant crops, teach them how to build huts and houses for themselves. And then they, they would begin to thank God. Then they would have a, a prime opportunity to lead them to the Lord because they'd met their practical needs. Come on, man, if, if I'm starving, I need some food to eat. And they give me some food, and then, then we can talk. I'm dying of thirst here. Give me something to drink. Well, let me give you some water, and then let me give you some living water. What if generosity begins to move others to trust in God on their own needs as they see us being blessed, as we go and bless them? What if they begin to think, wow, maybe this whole, maybe there's something to this Heavenly Father God thing that I need to understand. What if they begin to think about trusting God for their own needs? What if your generous gift that is given to you from God begins to change the way that they think about God? As we go out in the world and we live it, others are watching us. What are they seeing? Are they seeing a people of, of kindness, of gentleness, of generosity? Are they seeing a people that reflect the heart and the character of God? Verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to, to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Our, our generosity to others is proof that we are obedient to God because he tells us to give. People, you know, I've, I've, I don't know who coined this phrase, but you've heard this before. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do we really have a heart of generosity? Do we really have a heart of love and compassion for others? And I've encouraged all of you to pray this prayer that God will give you the kind of love for others that he has for them and that he has for us. And I've been praying that prayer for a long time. I need to have that kind of love and compassion for others. Mercy is probably not my biggest suit, my biggest character. But you know what? I'm praying that God will help me to love others the way that he loves them. And God has done something over the years in changing my heart in regards to that. And when I look across this room, I love you guys so much. I wasn't always a crybaby. I wasn't always like this. But you know what? My heart, overflows with love for you. And that's a reflection of God's heart. That's his heart toward you and toward me. And that's, I think, the generosity that God wants us to have is a heart of overflowing love for him and for one another. And as we begin to walk in that deep, loving relationship with the Lord, it overflows into every area of our lives. Even the people driving down 45 we don't want to let them in, but we graciously let them in line. It, it impacts every area of our life because God is generous in giving. Our giving reflects God's heart. And the greatest thing that we can give is love. 
2 Corinthians 9, 14, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. And so when you look at this scripture, they're thanking God for what you have done, the generosity that you've chosen to show. Maybe God led you to do that, okay? Maybe it wasn't your idea to give or whatever that may be. But listen, they're going to they're gonna see that you had a choice in giving. More importantly, God is going to see, listen, I've given you this. I've blessed you with this. I'm asking you to give this away. And they will pray for you with deep affection. Have you ever done something nice for somebody and maybe you helped them pay their rent or whatever that may be, and they have deep affection? They have deep appreciation for that. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to pray for you. It's because of the overflowing grace God has given to you that you are now extending to them. Look at verse 15. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. How can we express in words the, the, the love that we feel for one another or, or that someone feels for us or the appreciation that, God, uh, that they have for us or for God? Thank God for the gift is too wonderful for words. And so as we allow God to work in our lives, it has to have an impact on other lives around us. And even if it's a small impact, as we continue to, to pour into them, as the, as the Lord continues to work in their life, as they see other Christians come alongside and help them, they have to take note. I want to give you an example of something that I want you to consider. Imagine that you are given $1 million. The thing is, you have this million dollars, but you must give it away. Now imagine that you have the privilege of giving it all away to as many people as you want. The rules are you can't give it to one person, and you can't say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a million dollars, and I want 50% of it back, okay? So you have to literally give it all away. Would you be willing to do that? I mean, think how much fun that would be. <laughs> Maybe you would buy someone a house. Maybe you'd say, you know what? I know you guys are struggling, and I want to buy you a house, but I'm going to buy you a house because the Lord is directing me to, and, and also I know that you will be good stewards of this home. I know that you'll be responsible. I know that you'll pay your taxes. I know that you'll pay your insurance. I know that you'll take care of this home. And by you not having a mortgage payment, that will free up money for you to, do, to take care of what you need to do and, and, and be a blessing to you. Think how much fun that would be. So say you have a million dollars and you buy someone a new home, $200,000, okay? That's a pretty nice home, I would say. And then the Lord places on your heart to buy 20 people brand new cars. So say you go out and, and uh, you spend $20,000 on a car. I'd say you could get a, a fairly nice car for $20,000. And if you walked into a dealership and you said, I'm going to buy 20 cars from you today, you'd probably get a really good deal, right? I would, I would hope so. So say you buy 20, 20 cars at $20,000. That's $400,000. So you've spent $600,000. Um, say it's on your heart to, to send 50 people on vacation. And you may send some people up maybe to the hill country to a bed and breakfast, or you may send some people to Israel. But say of these 50 people, the average cost of vacation is $5,000. Okay, so that, that'd probably be good. So that's $250,000 if I did my math right, and I think I did. Well, you still have $150,000 left over to give away. 
And then say, you go to the bank and you say, I want $3,050 bills. And over the next period of months or whatever, you would just give those away. You'd be at a restaurant and, and, and God just prompts it. Uh, prompts you. Have you ever done this where God has prompted you to go pay for somebody's meal and, and you do that? How does that make you feel? Come on, man. It makes you feel good. And so anyway, you have $3,050 bills, so you're just handing out. And I'm not saying be foolish, just, you know, do crazy stuff, but just really be diligent because, one, it's God's money, okay? And he's just giving it to you to be steward of. Imagine how you would feel if you had the opportunity to give on that level. And I'm talking about money, but, I mean, we can give of our time. And many of you do give of your time and your talents and your treasure. And so we're giving. Imagine that you could say encouraging words to build up 20 people every day. <laughs> what if you did that in your workplace? I've been in workplaces where it was so negative and people backstabbing and biting and, you know, fighting all the time. I'm like, why? So there were times when I'm, I'm sure that God used me to change the climate in that place. I remember sitting at, at the lunch table one day and these two coworkers were kind of going at it. And I said something and she's like, oh, yeah, you're always positive. I'm like, oh, great, shoot me, you know. <laughs> Let's be negative. You know, and it's like... So imagine that you had the opportunity to say 20, uh, encourage 20 people every day. Or imagine that you get to lead one person to the Lord a week. Imagine that, wait a minute, you do have the opportunity to do some of these things. You may not have a million bucks, but you do have the opportunity to give. You do have the opportunity to encourage one another. And we do need, we've been praying that God will lead people across our path, that we can lead them to the Lord. How does it make you feel when you walk in? I'm like, hey, mighty man of God, how are you doing today? I can see the joy on your face. Hey, mighty woman of the Most High God, how are you doing today? In fact, let's, let's do this. I want you to say an encouraging word to the person next to you. Go ahead. Or maybe a couple of encouraging words. Come on. Really spice it up. Come on. Give them an encouraging word. Say it like you mean it. Come on. Wow. You know what? I think we ought to start off every service like that. I, I see every person in here smiling. That's the way to start church off, right? I think we're going to do that from now on. We're just going to say an encouraging word to every person. How does that make you feel? So how does it make others feel, people that especially need the Lord, that need some hope, that don't, may not have any hope, if we could give them the hope of Christ, if we could give them an encouraging word? We can thank God for all the opportunities we have today. Are you thanking Him? So my first point is... Choose to give God thanks. My second point is God provides in every area of our life. My third point is thank God for his abundance that allows us to give to others. Out of the abundance, 
we give. You know, the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever said something that wasn't very nice? That's probably out of the abundance of your heart. Have you ever had just something, you know, throw up on somebody? That's out of the abundance of your heart. Have you also experienced where, you've, where God has just spoken through you, where you have such joy and love, and it's just flowing out of you? Out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. So what's in our heart? Listen, guys, that's a reflection of what's in our heart, the things that are coming out of our mouth. So let that be a litmus test. When something comes out of your mouth that's not very edifying, we need to look at the heart and say, God, there's something in here. Can you take that stuff out and backfill it with more of you? So let's go to Philippians chapter 1. And Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And, you know, when I read these passages of Scripture, I can just sense the love that Paul has for his Christian and brothers, brothers and sisters there. Paul's, you know, love is just flowing out of him. And I think his relationship is much like the relationship that many of us have here at Life Fellowship. It's transparent, it's authentic, it's honest, it's real, that we really, truly love one another. I haven't been in many churches that, that I've experienced this level of love and compassion toward one another. And that's just the Lord, but it's also us allowing God to fill us with his love so that we can be an expression of his love. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. Every time I think of you, Paul says, I give thanks to my God. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. And you know, sometimes I'm at home or I'm in my car or I'm here at work and I think of, I think of you, not thank of you, I think of you and I give thanks to God for you for bringing you into my life, for you being a part of Life Fellowship, because you enrich my life. You make better what's already there. You make it better. You enrich my life. And I thank God for that. I thank God for you. And Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I thank the Lord for for our Life Fellowship family. God, I thank you for bringing all these precious people into our life. I thank you for the precious children that you bless us with. God, thank you. Verse 4. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. See, it's Paul's good pleasure to make requests to pray. For others with joy. Paul is saying, I love praying for you because we have a relationship. We are family. I love to pray for you because, because I love you. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time that you first heard it until now. So he's appreciative that they have helped him in spreading the great and wonderful news of Christ. God gave Paul a mission to reach the Gentiles, the non-Jews. He was passionate about it. And he, as he was able to go and share the love of Christ, others received. Paul was so influential in preaching the good news and reaching those, reaching out to those. But you know what? That was a choice that he made 
he had an encounter with the Lord and it changed his heart. It changed his direction. It changed, well, it's still changing lives today. What Paul wrote, what Paul did. And Paul had a relationship with these people. And he said that they had been partners in spreading the good news. And so as we work together as the body of Christ, we're working together to spread the good news of Christ all across this community. Really, in, in some respects, all over the world because we get hits on the website. So everything that we do is for the glory of God and to reach others, to build disciples, to make strong disciples here in-house so that we can go out and, and have a, a greater influence. Listen, if you think, go back to the, the, uh, the concept of the bag of seeds that I used earlier. Christine and I are two seeds. You know, we can do, we can do a lot through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Lord. But having a, a bag of 100 seeds can do a lot more. And so God wants us to be generous. God wants us to receive, but also give. Verse 6, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God has began a good work in each and every one of us. And he is faithful to complete that work in our lives as we yield to him. God will continue to work in our life until the day when Christ takes us home. Let's not miss the opportunity. But you know what? It begins as we begin to give thanks to God and we begin to be recalibrated and understand that all the things that we have, all the things that he's given us come from him and that we can just be a conduit that he flows through, a conduit of love, a conduit of graciousness, of giving. Refle Why? Because we're reflecting the heart of God. I'll close out with this, these two scriptures that, that I love too, Romans 12, 2. Uh, you guys can come on up. We read that, and we've talked about the scripture before, but uh, God's will is good and pleasing and perfect for you. God's will is good and pleasing and perfect for you. That's God's word. Let's read this. Let's go to Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, what, transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. The second part of that verse says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's God's will for you, that it's good and pleasing and perfect. And I want you to get that today if you don't have that. If you do have it, then let it be reiterated, all right? So my first point this morning is choose to give God thanks. My second point is God provides in every area of our life. The third point is that we need to thank God for his abundance that allows us to give to others. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you did at one point in time and you walked away. And God is stirring in your heart this morning to come back to him. Would you simply raise up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? Listen, there is no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive everything that the Lord has for you. Anybody here this morning? You know if God is tugging on your heart. Don't resist. Just yield. God has great plans for you. His will is good and pleasing.
perfect. But he can only fulfill his will in your life if you're willing to respond to him and receive him and allow him to come into your heart. Let's take a couple of minutes this morning and the ladies are going to sing a song. And If you have a prayer request, if, if you'd like for me to pray with you, I'll be up here. I'll pray with you. And If not, let's just take a couple of minutes and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Continue what he's begun this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we call you holy. We choose to give you thanks. We choose to thank you for the many blessings in our lives. And Father, we choose to yield to you. Father, we ask that you would take these lives that many have been broken and in shambles and that you've restored and you are in the process of restoring us. Lord God, take these broken lives and and do mighty things through our lives into our hearts, God. And help us to be a gracious, loving, generous people, giving of everything that you have blessed us with and pouring through our lives to reach and impact others. Father, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you you will do. We thank you for what you're doing now, Lord. And Father, I pray that as we go from this place this week, that we would be reminded of how blessed we are and that we would be generous givers that we would be reminded of the reason for the season and that it was your heart to give Christ, that Christ would come and die for us to restore all of humanity uh, to you. So as we celebrate this season of giving, starting with you giving us Christ and you giving us life and you giving us all that we need, you pouring in our lives, Lord God, let us be reflective of your heart generous and giving to others, especially now that we have so many things to be thankful for. So we pray all these things in the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. As you go from this week, you have the opportunity to encourage 20 people every day probably. And maybe the Lord will bring somebody across your path that needs the Lord and he will use you if you're willing. Be bold and step out. Listen, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you to lead somebody to the Lord, you can be, it can just be a natural flow. Just say, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we can take care of that right now. And just lead them in a prayer of salvation. It's really not that difficult. But go out and live it. Go out and, and look for the opportunities to make a difference in your world. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hope to see you Wednesday night at Bible study at 7 o'clock. Go out and live it. Yeah.